You're listening to the podcast where you can feast on all the information in the world of sports. Now, here's your host, Tommy Yu. Hey guys, if I sound a little bit off, it's because I'm still recovering from that random illness that I had on like Friday to Saturday. And it's also because I'm obviously gutted and devastated. But Darren, thanks for joining on this pod, obviously the day after the Super Bowl. But before we do any reflecting of what the salty Philadelphia fans have to say about the Super Bowl, we got to cover a trade that went down in the PDL. Just one more, and that was you again, Darren. I think we're actually going to probably experience a little bit of a drought, maybe, now when it comes to uh, the PDL, especially in terms of, you know, all the trades that uh, with the new owners coming in that wanted to happen have already happened now, so now it's kind of leveling the playing field. So, uh, yeah, Dare, what what trade did you go out and do? Um, so I traded my 209 for Matt Stafford. Um I kind of wanted, like, I, I obviously last week we talked about me getting Ryan Tannehill, and that was like a one-year thing. I think Stafford might be able to, if he can get over his injuries and stuff, I think he might have like two, maybe three left, um, hopefully. Um, obviously, he has at least one more because he said he's coming back, and he like, the Rams are picking up his option and everything. So, um, I don't know, like, hopefully he's healthy and everything, but I really just wanted to do this so that, like, I wasn't forced to take, because I, I expect Welch to take Stroud and Young. Um, and I'm not a, the biggest fan of Richardson or Levis, so I didn't want to be, like, forced to take one of them. Um, so this is my way of, you know, I might be kicking the can down the road a little bit, but <laughs> I don't have to take one of those guys now. Yeah, and a lot of this is definitely propelled because Brady, it looks like he's fully, like, actually retired now, right? Yeah, he, I mean, he filed his paperwork and everything, so I really don't think he's coming back, you know. Um, I would be surprised. It's Even, so, so, so far in the past two weeks, you went and got Stafford, and then you also went out and got, I believe, who'd you get, Tannehill? Yeah, Tannehill and Stafford. Yeah, and I feel like for the draft capital that you've given up, even if you only do get one more season and that's all you get, although disappointing, it can't be that bad just due to the capital given up for it. Like at 209, that's like the end of the second round. You can definitely definitely hit on someone, but I feel like after experiencing the season that you just had and not making the playoffs, you probably were like, you know what? I don't want to miss out again, so I want to at least do something where I have a little bit more depth in the quarterback room because, as we have seen so far, the teams that make it the furthest is usually propelled by a pretty solid quarterback room. Right, Darren? Yeah, I think so. Um, you need... I mean, we saw <clears throat> Brett, like, in the beginning of the season. I think most people... I, I mean, I know, like, I... Gave him the most grief, but most people, when they saw Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff, they probably weren't be, like shaking in their boots. You know, they're probably like, "Oh yeah, okay, that's fine," but everything. But it's not Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. It's not Dak Prescott and Kyler Murray. Um, it's not like up to that level, and he still made it to the championship game. So you just need two guys, right? Like <laughs> you need two suitable quarterbacks. And... Well, also, I I feel like while that's true. This past season was also the season where the quarterbacks got injured the most. I feel like it was like the most starting quarterbacks ever. So uh, I I definitely think there's some truth in what you're saying, but I also feel like we can't read too, too much into it just because I don't want to say it's an anomaly. Maybe with the 17 weeks, this is now the norm. But um, we definitely have to also kind of see, um, you know, if if something is record-breaking, we also have to kind of take note on that, right? Yeah, I think so. I, I agree. Um it, it is, I mean, you got to hope that your guys stay healthy, right? Like, you had Lamar go down right when you needed him. I know you still won anyway, but um, it would have been it a lot easier for you if you had Lamar Jackson there and Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, no, absolutely for sure. I thought having Jimmy G was just enough to kind of make me feel really comfortable and confident saying, oh, this is just enough that he's like the perfect quarterback three. And then like kind of like what you just mentioned, in the playoffs, I pretty much didn't have any quarterback at all in the super flex, and I was just struggling getting by. So, yeah, you definitely were able to spend some of that excessive amount of draft capital that you had to kind of secure a little bit more of a quarterback room. I'm sure it kind of kills you a little bit just because you see the <laughs> age, but I feel like you probably don't care as much because quarterbacks typically do have extended shelf lives, whereas 
if there's any skill position players that's sniffing past like 28 you're like ah, i don't know i don't know about this one yeah if they were not you know signal callers and didn't get uh all of the rules going their way because i mean now just the way that like i i was watching because as we know tom brady retired so like um, a lot of people are posting, like, old-school Tom Brady clips from, like, 20 years ago. And some of the hits he took, like, back then were, like, you would have been suspended <laughs> in today's NFL. But it's now, Sean like, Merriman he, just sprinting down with his the crown of his helmet exactly. down, just trying to spear him. Yeah, and, like, now, like, there was one hit that, like, really stuck out when Brady, he was running, well, you know, slow jogging, and trying to run for a first down and i can't remember the defender that hit him but he hit him so hard that brady's helmet popped off and i was like holy shit like if that happened like today oh my god <laughs> would have been like a million dollar fine six week suspension <laughs> like just like been... kicked out of the league so like now like quarterbacks can last longer and not necessarily like they're gonna be good because like we saw matt ryan like matt ryan's healthy and everything but his arm just kind of gave out this year so but, I mean, he's still, he's, what, 38? Like, so, even if, and Ben Roethlisberger, same thing last year. Ben Roethlisberger was, I mean, he had a whole lot of injuries throughout his career. But, at the end, it's just his arm just gave out. And he wasn't able to do it anymore. Yeah, I definitely agree. I feel like with the way that the NFL is trending, the quarterback shelf life is definitely extended. And so, with the quarterbacks that you have, you don't know. Maybe you will only get one more year, or maybe you'll get even more. But I feel like, once again, just to reiterate, for what you have given up draft capital-wise, not too bad, especially because you're sitting on so much draft capital. And I know Mm -hmm. this is something that we talk about off-air all the time, but what we always say is, man, what are you going to do? Are you going to consolidate? How are you going to do all this? Where are the roster spots you're going to use? But I know you um, definitely have a plan, so I'm really interested to kind of see how that goes. But yeah. The past two weeks, thank you for making some trades there because uh, without you, there would be nothing else to talk about really PDL-related. But how are you feeling with the quarterback room that you have and the uh, all the draft capital that you have heading into the uh, 2023 rookie draft now? Because like you said, now you're not really handcuffed or forced to be like, oh my God, I, I have to take a quarterback. Now. I mean, you still have that option, but it's not like something that you feel like it's absolutely forced. Yeah, um, like now if, say Anthony Richardson or Will Levis goes somewhere that I think that they could um, overcome their deficiencies, I guess. Um, Now I can like take them and not feel terrible about it because if it was the alternate, I would have been like, Oh man, I really don't want to take Will Levis that got drafted by the Colts. Um, But I mean, I guess. (laughs) So I, I was really trying to avoid that there. I feel like that is such an Indianapolis move, right? Just taking Will Levis. Oh, yeah. The, I, from the stuff I've seen, it seems like they love him, but I don't know why anyone loves him, but, you know, whatever. I mean, we were saying <laughs> the same thing with Trubisky. We didn't really understand why everyone was absolutely head over heels. Mm-hmm. I know. It's, I don't know. So, uh, beauty is not eye of the beholder, right? Like, you gotta... I, I haven't done any of the film study stuff yet uh, for the college players, so maybe I will like Will Levis, but... um. From everything think, I'm hearing before I'm jumping in, even though I feel like I shouldn't be uh, influenced, um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not hearing very high marks for him, so I'm, I'm actually kind of interested to kind of see uh, what we have with him. But yeah, I think what you've done so far in this short off season so far uh, was able to lock down something in your quarterback room. So I know you have to feel pretty good. But with all that being in wraps, there, Super Bowl happened. Patty Mahomes, we can't beat him. He's just too good. Absolutely cementing his legacy, able to get two MVPs so far in his young career at 27, two Super Bowl MVPs, and like I feel like every single season he started, he's made to the AFC Championship game at a minimum. So, yeah, Eagles did not have enough to be able to keep up and be able to beat the Chiefs, but we're literally only one day removed, not even 24 hours removed from the uh, Super Bowl there, and both of us obviously being huge Philadelphia Eagles fans, uh... How are you feeling? Um, you know, it sucks, but I think that I'm really hoping that Jonathan Gannon gets that job with the Cardinals um, because he's not going to get fired, obviously. But um, I don't. I still don't like. I know that their defense was better this year and everything, but I, I still don't think he's a very good defensive coordinator. Their defense really let him down. 
Um, I know that the the fumble, Jalen Hurts fumbling, and the Chiefs returning for a touchdown. At that point, I kind of was thinking, you know, they're this game's over. Um, you can't give Pat Mahomes free points. Um, the special teams also had that return. I was going to say the defense really only gave up like twenty one points, didn't they? Because, like, the, the fumble return, and then the special yeah. teams, but then, like, what, well, they, they had the ball at, like, know, five, they're... so that's not on the defense. It's it's not, but, you know, it's in the no, I, I, no, I completely agree, but I, I also the kind of wanting to be teams. an Eagles fan to be like, it was bad. Uh, yeah, in the, the second half, we gave up, like, 20-plus really... points, and you can't do that against a really good team in the Super Bowl. So we definitely did not deserve to win at all. Um, yeah. But I also feel like, uh, in all phases, the Eagles kind of dropped the ball. Yeah, and I know that the uh, at the end that holding call, it probably should have been called. Like James Bradbury himself even said, he was like, "Listen, I held him," but at the same time, like you can't have a game that that was that good and that highly contested. You can't have it end on that kind of call. Like you gotta let that because it was very close. Like, you gotta let it go. They would have still kicked the field goal anyway, and the Eagles still probably would have lost. But you can't, because, like, that was just the lamest way for it to end. And, like, everyone really was tweeting that. It wasn't just Eagles fans. It was, like, yeah, it's such a great game, and then it ends that way. Like, it's 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 it was just so anticlimactic. It, it stunk. Yeah, I think the best way to put it is afterwards, Emily was just, like, so embarrassed that they won that she was, like, even upset. And she knew going into work today, everyone was going to congratulate her, obviously, because she's a huge Chiefs fan. She's like, I don't even know. Like, I'm not even that happy about it. I was like, I'm like, you won the, like, they won the Super Bowl. You got to be happy. Like, it doesn't matter. But I, I feel like, for sure, it was very anticlimactic. I really like what you mentioned, though. I don't really think it changes the outcome of what could have happened. But at the same time, we just never know. Because Hertz was also cooking outside of that one uh, fumble. But with all of that being said, I feel like overall in the grand scope of things, um, like I said, we are not even 24 hours removed from the game. It was an incredible game. It was really fun to watch. And um, a lot of people uh, that I've been texting in other group chats that were more of like a neutral fan were like, wow, this is really incredible. And even like the casual fans were like, wow, this is a really, really fun game. And I think because I had so much invested in it, I wasn't really viewing it from that context. But overall, Mm -hmm. really, really cool to kind of you know have the eagles represent and at the same time the eagles looked good and i feel like a lot of neutral fans who kept saying there were frauds and things like that were like man they were able to go toe-to-toe so overall eagles definitely did not deserve to win because of how many mistakes they've made and you can't do that against a team like the chiefs but you know there's no such thing as moral victories but it was also kind of cool to see the eagles really try to show up and uh play hard but overall just couldn't come over and like pull off the dub and it really does suck the way it ended um but i think we both are in agreement i don't think it would have changed the outcome anyway you know like before like i think it was last week maybe the week before that i said you know as long as long as howie roseman is here like i'm not concerned like they're gonna make it back and like um i was really looking at the roster right and um if you really look at, like, the depth chart and everything, like, so we're going to have Jalen Hurts. They're probably going to give him a lot of money. Miles Sanders is probably gone, I think. Um, then Jason Kelsey might retire, but Cam Jurgens might be good. Like, he might be a good replacement. Yeah, um, everyone is very, very gone. high on him. So you're going to lose, you're prob- we're probably going to, well, not probably, but we could lose two starters from the offensive line. Um that's big. Brandon Graham's probably gone, I think, unless he takes like a super team friendly deal. Fletcher Cox, same thing. Um, I guess we'll have Jordan Davis to replace him. Javon Hargrave, I think he's gone. He's going to be commanding a lot of money. Yeah, he's going to get um, paid. Yeah, Kazir, Kazir White, he's probably gone too. Bradbury, I think he's gone. Um, we might lose Gardner Johnson as well. So, like, the team's going to look so different next year. Um, I guess, like, how he's got his work cut out for him and everything. But, it, like, it does when you pay the quarterback, like Jalen Hurts, when you pay him $50 million a year, it, it gets tough. I mean, I, I don't know how you can win. Like, I don't think that they're going to win a Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts on that big contract. Like, I don't I don't see it. Um, you're just, I think, the only quarterback in the NFL that you can win a quarterback 
with that making that much money is Pat Mahomes. The only one. I mean, it's exhausting to be like, well, with this team, with what it looked. I mean, there's so many things that changes even in one offseason. It's really difficult to say. Like, who knew that the Eagles would even make it this competitive or even make the Super Bowl when yeah. Doug Peterson was fired and Carson Wentz was traded? And we we're like, what What oh, are yeah. we going to do? The so NFC I, I definitely agree with you. Though. I think paying, I, I feel like across the league, everyone is seeing if a quarterback takes a huge chunk of the salary cap, it's very difficult to build a team around it. So I absolutely am in agreement, but I don't know. Uh, Howie has more than enough come from the depths of doubt for me and continue yeah. to correct everything so i finally feel like anytime i keep saying you know what no now i don't see it that's kind of unfair so finally i'm gonna try to break in and say you know let's see what happens here we still have some draft capital we still have this and that so i i feel like it should be interesting to see because at the end of the day it was just really cool to see how the eagles were able to take it to the chiefs you know they are the standard and they will be for a really long time and to see how well we were able to play against them really gives me a lot of confidence moving forward even though we are going to lose a lot of pieces it's just kind of really my thinking was like the offensive scheme and our offensive core outside of um potentially losing a good amount of our offensive line uh talent wise I feel like we are retaining, and Stoutland is just such a beast. The Eagles will always have a good offensive line regardless, and this is coming from one of the biggest Jason Kelsey fans you'll find. And so I think that's what kind of gives me confidence, knowing that, hey, it's not like we're all of a sudden going to lose Devonta Smith and A.G. Brown and Jalen Hurts. We're going to have all of that still. Um, And so I think overall it's still good to feel optimistic as an Eagles fan because once again we still have some good draft capital heading into this draft so it's going to be really interesting to see what we do but I am in agreement with you um I I think winning the Super Bowl is too darn hard and it's no secret that Eagles did have a very easy road to the Super Bowl this year so it would have been really nice to see us capitalize and you don't know what it's going to look like every single season so that's why it's really going to sting knowing that dang we really could have had one more so yeah, moving forward with how competitive just football is in general and always finding surprise teams, the NFC was definitely soft, but I would not be surprised at all if randomly next season the NFC just ends up being one of the most competitive conferences all of a sudden. I guess it could, but I mean, which teams are going to be those teams, right? Like, um, I know- you do this every time, and then every time we have the hindsight, we're like, wow, how did we th- – I, like, so I feel like we could almost timestamp this and- Come next year, I'll be like, look, look, look at how off we both were because I'm trying to have the hindsight. But no, I think you're right. It's going to be hard to kind of see which teams, at least in the NFC, right? Yeah. Unless unless there's like a huge influx of talent to the NFC, I don't I don't know who those teams could be like that. The whole NFC South, none of them have quarterbacks. Yeah, um, no, you're absolutely right. That whole division is like a wash. Yeah, the the NFC West, it's the 49ers. I guess the Seahawks could improve. Um, but, like, I don't see them being a juggernaut. I know Geno Smith played really well, but... And then you have the Cardinals, they're a mess. The Rams, I guess, could bounce back, but, like, they're still pretty deficient. They don't have players. Like, they have, like, six good players on that roster. Um, I know they won the Super Bowl with this literally the same team, basically, but, um, like, I think they will bounce back, but... I think that's like next year, it's like the Eagles and the Cowboys and the 49ers. I think it's the same three teams again in the NFC. Um, the Giants could get a little better. The like, the Commanders could get a little better, I guess. But the yeah, Packers, and I are can't probably see a big difference maker like an Aaron Rodgers moving within the NFC. And so it should be yeah. interesting because if they like that one division, the NFC South, if they get someone like a Jimmy Garoppolo, that still doesn't really scare any team there. But yeah, once Garoppolo, again, I feel Derek like any time like... we do these kind of predictions, even if we do preseason predictions when, you know, all the draft things have happened, we're just a few days before kickoff, we're still wildly wrong with almost everything. So oh, that's why yeah. I'm still saying, like, something's going to happen, and I'm, I just can't wait to see what yeah. it is. Every year. And I feel like, yeah, go. Every year there's, like, what, three, three, four teams that are, like, flipped out of the playoffs. Um, like, I think we could probably lock in – the Chiefs, like they're making the playoffs. Um, I think the Eagles are locked. They're locked into the playoffs too, um, barring injury, of course. Like there's injuries. Like if Pat Mahomes gets injured, they're not. They might get the first pick in the draft, but 
Um, I don't know. Like, I, I do think that, like, the, the AFC is just so much better than the NFC right now. And it was kind of, what, 10 years ago was probably the reverse of that. And I guess it's because these teams are they're down at the bottom for so long that they're acquiring all this talent year after year after year, as long as they have good GMs. Because you've seen, like, um, the Jags were a top 10 perennial pick for years and they never got any better. Um, so as long as you're picking the right players, like eventually the conferences, they, they flip flop and the one's good, the one's bad. Um, so I don't know. I, there will be teams that were surprised. Like I think Derek Carr is going to go to the saints. So the saints should be a lot better next year than they were this year. Um, but I mean, they still won like six games, right? Six or seven games. So, like, does there, is Derek Carr worth, like, what, two, three wins? So, they're still not, like, world beaters. So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it should be really interesting to see where it goes. I feel like it really shows the weight of what it's like to hit on a quarterback, right? Because once you're low, or once if you're, like, a franchise that has not been performing for a while, so you have a lot of these chances in the draft that have those premium positions... You're most likely trying to swing over and over again for these quarterback positions. And finally, when you hit on some, like Cincinnati is a perfect example. Hitting on Joe Burrow, they're now they're just going to be perennial contenders. Um, and it's just going to be interesting to see how the NFC eventually is going to be able to shake that. Because right now, if you were to just rattle off all of like the best quarterbacks, you might just only be naming AFC quarterbacks. <laughs> Yep. So that that's kind of like the crazy part. Even the bad AFC quarterbacks are, would be better than some of the quote-unquote good NFC quarterbacks. So I think the talent disparity there in that position especially is really what makes the power balance feel crazy. But once again, I don't know. The I feel like every offseason, I always text you saying, this is the craziest offseason we have ever experienced. And you're always like, you know, I actually have to agree with you. So I, I would be shocked if this offseason is just as crazy just because of just how crazy some of the previous ones have been. But I feel like something still crazy is going to happen, right? Like, are we all of a sudden going to get nothing? So I feel like there are going to be some shifts, some kind of changes. So it's going to be really, really interesting. I'm really looking forward to it. But yeah, it just sucks now. Eagles lost the Super Bowl. I guess we're just going to have to see what happens but this is where now i just put all my energy back into the pdl because now i'm like all right nfl season's over now let's just see what's happening with the ducko dreamers right now so being able to shift in that gear the off season is now ahead of us darren i know technically the pdl regular or i guess the pdl season has been over for quite a while now even before the nfl playoffs have even started but to me i feel like the off season quote unquote now kind of starts now because now there's going to be some drought when it comes to NFL news, PDL news, if there are no trades. So if we still have a regular cadence of trying to get a podcast off of like once a week, we're going to be really struggling. But I thought of a fun idea to try to bridge the gap slowly. And I know I mentioned it to you and I would love to try to maybe have an open brainstorming session right now to even kind of see how we're going to put it together. But what are your thoughts on like a top 100 style um pdl edition when it comes to um positional ranking i did a terrible job explaining that so what i mean is maybe sending out a form to uh pdl owners and asking them to straight up hey here's five blank or not five a top 10 of every single position quarterbacks running backs tight ends maybe a little bit more for wide receiver just because you know there's so many good wide receivers and we have to start more wide receivers in the pdl anyway so maybe bump that up and just kind of try to see what the consensus, you know, favorites are. And so what are your thoughts on that, Darren? Yeah, I, I mean, I like it. I, I think that um, for me, my thought is, because um, I know that the when they do the NFL Top 100, it's from the previous year. Um, and that for fantasy football, I don't really think it makes sense <laughs> because we already know who they are. Um, like if anyone didn't pick... Austin Eckler for the RB1, it wouldn't make any sense, right? Like, if anyone picked Justin Jefferson for not the wide receiver one, it wouldn't make no sense. Um, so I think, for my opinion, since it was a dynasty league, it would be, like, their own personal dynasty ranks. And, like, I guess it would be anonymous for everyone. 
Um, so that you're, no one's really getting the insight, but then we would see like, what's the PDL consensus who maybe values Jalen hurts over Pat Mahomes in dynasty, you know? Yeah, no, I love that. And I feel like that's kind of the way we have to go about it. So that's why we pretty much have to plead with people saying, Hey, this will be anonymous. You don't have to put your name, yeah. but try it's not like- to. I can already. Let's not get see crazy. Like, I feel like I'm only speaking to Mike Servas right now. Yeah. Is he just gonna go in and he's just gonna just put all of his players number one, or just not put any of his players at all? Like for top yep. wide receivers, just not gonna list Justin Jefferson for whatever reason, or just I don't know. I just feel like Mike would do something like that. Yeah, I um, can see that. That's what I was thinking when I said anonymous because I could see him being like, yeah, so. Uh, I am not going to do this because I don't want Tommy to know my ranks. So, <laughs> Yeah, no, you're absolutely spot on. But I guess as a commissioner, I will put my best faith into the league and see if they could deliver. But I would have to agree with you. I don't think it should be based on past performance. I think this list should be if you currently right now were to if we were just hit the reset button in the PDL. Mm-hmm and said, all right, all, all 11 owners and me, we're all going to hit shuffle, restart the league, let's do a startup dynasty draft again, all same rules. What is your top 10 in each position? How would you attack that? I feel like that's kind of a perfect way. I understand that this episode is going to be quickly outdated because, hey, let's say um, we have some running backs that are higher than others, and then who knows, maybe kind of like what Max is saying, what if the Chargers take B. John Robinson? All right, maybe Austin Eckler isn't as high as we might have put in. So yeah, some of the things that we're going to discuss might get outdated quickly, even after the draft, but Hey, this is the fun part of trying to bridge the gap. This is what we feel right now. Try to generate some of that content, but yeah, dare. Do you think there's any other scopes that I'm missing? Do you think just doing just shut up here to short answer, just type in any uh, player name and yeah, just cement. Do you think that's just the easiest way to go about tackling it? Probably just give like a text boxes, 10 text boxes and, Fill in the blanks, 1 through 10. You think 10 um, is solid for each outside of wide receiver, or do you think 10 tight ends is too... No, ten, ten, I guess we could do 10 tight ends. There's still yeah, position. Yeah, 10 tight ends is probably fine, yeah. How about for wide it. receivers? How many do you think we should double it? Or is that too um, much? I think that might That's be too, too much. much. Yeah, 15 is probably good for wide gotcha. receivers. Gotcha. I like that. So top 10 for all of them, 15 for wide receiver. And yeah, I feel like this will be really, really fun because... The way we could kind of spread out the podcast is we could unveil position by position and then we could just talk about each, you know, ranking and it'll be really cool to kind of start dissecting that. And right off the bat, we're bridging a good gap. It's almost like uh, we're pros at this there. It's almost like we've had this podcast going for a little while. (laughs) Yeah, quite some time now. Yeah, but now with, like I said, the Super Bowl behind us, most NFL news now gone. I think everyone's going to now going to be more in tune with the soap opera portion of the nfl where we kind of really are starved for any information and any rumor we kind of lose our minds so i'm sure we're all going to get there but do you think that there's going to be any seismic shift not in the nfl but in the pdl now or do you think all the big trades that could have happened have already have now happened and now it's kind of cruise control uh until the regular season because now we don't really even have the Yows that did those crazy trades right before season starts yep. and all that kind of stuff. So do you think all the big trades are now over and now it's just going to be little trades? And of course, they're going to be trades during or leading up to the PDL draft of just draft position picks. Uh, but it's been very rare in the rookie draft where we see big name players being tr- traded for those picks, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that for now, we're probably going to be like slowing down, I think, for a little bit here. Um, when we get closer to the rookie draft, I think we might ramp up again. Um, but like you said, like the owls are gone. Like, I don't know if we're going to see any last, literally last second trades like we did. Um, I don't know. Like you never know. Everyone in the league kind of surprises me sometimes. So who knows? Like we could be talking and as soon as this drops, like maybe five seconds later, we might see, you know, some random big name guy get traded but um i think a lot of the top top quarterbacks and that kind of thing like like max fired out all of his ammo already like max is unless he trades the guys he already has on his roster and gets like different players 
Um, I don't think he has draft picks now until like 2025. So that guy could just hit cruise control and he'll just be in the championship game and he won't even know he got there. He's like, oh wow, wow, this seems really good. <laughs> so he is in the Chuck position. He could drew wrote it. Yeah, he just needs to set his lineup once and he's all right. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'll already be in the championship. He'll, he'll win the whole thing. But I, I agree with you, and I feel like some of the owners that I could definitely see getting really aggressive right before season starts. I don't know if they have the capital to make some like obviously Dubrovnik Dragons and Hollywood come to mind. They're they're people uh, or not people. They're owners in the league that I could see be very aggressive because they're so good at manufacturing these wins throughout the season and put them in great placement heading into the playoffs and things like that. But looking over their team, it, it, I kind of struggle seeing, well, what kind of move would they be able to make even right before the season? that be the upgrade that they're looking for to contend next season specifically so because of those reasons i don't know pdl surprised me time and time again but i feel like um unfortunately we might be right i think there's going to be a little bit of a lull but who knows maybe even when we come out with these top consensus you know pdl's rankings of positions that might slowly get the ball rolling and be like oh wow i didn't know player x was valued this highly in this league maybe uh maybe i could do some shopping around or something like that right yeah, I, I think that anyone, um, even if you think, like, we don't have Jensen in the league anymore. Like, he used to do, like, some crazy shit, with, same with Josh. He was um, literally, like, like, Gettleman in this league. He would just call people up to start a uh, trade thing. Oh, so, guys, if you guys don't know time. Jensen, I know we talk about him a lot. But, yeah, the Lord, like, you you could, like, message him in Sleeper, and then, like, two seconds later, you'll just start, you'll just get call a phone you. call from Jensen. He's like, oh, all right, yeah, God. dude, I'm, I'm on my break. Let's talk. <laughs> And we're like, wait, what? I, I just yeah, wanted to know if you wanted details. to trade like a third round pick. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know it's a third round. Pick. Let's talk. And I'm like, oh, fucking Jensen, I love this. <laughs> like there was one. Um, he, I think he like decided. I think it was when everyone in the league was giving him shit because he didn't have like a roster. Um, so then he he literally had like no quarterbacks and like that was like a thing. So he didn't like technically by the rules he didn't need to. But since everyone was giving him shit, I guess he, like, felt uh, insecure about it or something. So then he started, like, trying to get, like, shitty quarterbacks just to fill his roster. And um, I put Alex Smith and Kyle Allen on the block. And Oh, my God, I remember me. this. <laughs> he called me, and he was like, he was like, yo, what do you want? What do you want for them? And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I, I was like, I guess, like, a, like a mid second or whatever because he had like seven seconds at that point Done. Done. Like, all, right, all right i'll send it <laughs> i was like okay that was easy enough <laughs> Do you know we might have to bring that back especially with how hard it is gone. to get a hold of some owners that will go unnamed on this podcast yeah. i feel like we need to bring that uh jensen big dick energy sometime and just be like you know what no, I'm not texting you or messaging you in sleeper. I'm just straight up calling you. Yep. I uh it's quicker. I mean, honestly, it's more efficient. It takes what? 5 minutes instead of cuz like you can instead of you're sending a text, you're waiting and waiting and waiting to see if that person comes back unless they're like happen to be on their phone at that moment. Um and it's like instant. Like you're like, "All right, yeah. let's do this." Like a How 90 minute text this? back and forth is now like a 2 minute conversation. Yeah, because, like, you, you think about, like, how they do it in real life, right? Like, Howie Roseman, he's calling up Mickey Loomis. He's not sending texts. <laughs> oh, fuck, it's this Roseman guy from Philly. Oh, God, it's a Delco area code. I'm going to kill myself. Yeah, I think that uh, they're not handling it the way that we handle it. I know it's, like, you know, it's different, kind of different things, but um, it's it's quicker. It's more efficient, more professional. That's why Jensen liked it, I think. <laughs> It definitely added to their immersion, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it was just like, I don't know. It it, it gave something to it, like talking trades with Jensen. And I, no, I remember. I was working at UCP, my nonprofit, and this is when Jensen was... We were messaging back casually, back and forth, and finally Jensen said, all right, I'm in my lunch. Call me. And that was right around my lunch break. And I was like, oh, my God. So I ran outside, called him in my car. And that's when the DK Metcalf trade happened is when we were just talking on the phone for like 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, my God, finally. So it's like little moments like that that really t 
ties to the lore of this league. Where I'm like, man, this just goes beyond it because it's like a core memory I have. And I was giggling like a schoolgirl running back after my lunch break after eating nothing. But I wasn't hungry at all because my adrenaline was just pumping. I know, because it, it really does. It gets you going. Because it's like, all right, I, I just really, like, it makes you feel like, you know, John Dorsey a little bit. Seriously, I, like, yeah, I feel alive. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so dumb. It's just fantasy football, but I just I just got someone I wanted. Like, this is fantastic. But, yeah, overall, I feel like it's going to be really interesting to kind of see how everything goes. Uh, Darren, what position group are you most excited to see unveiled in the PDL rankings? Um, I think probably running back, because I think right now... Dude, I was going to say the same thing! It's difficult to rank them, I think. I think that's going to be the most variable, right? Yeah, I think so, too, because you have, you know, some people in the league view, like, the older aging guys higher than others, and, like, they're a lot of the best in real life, a lot of the really good running backs, they're now getting old. Um, so for, like, dynasty aspect, I know, like, there's some guys, like, me included, that, like... You know, I'm a big fan of those old guys. Um, yeah, like some people won't put Derrick Henry on the top ten at all, and some people mm-hmm. might have DeAndre Swift on the top ten. You know what I mean? Like, y- you mm-hmm. never know. Yeah, so like when you're you're talking about DeAndre Swift, who basically has never been even close to an RB one, I don't think. Pretty <laughs> so, much, like almost lost his job to Jamal, right? Yep. So I mean, he can't stay healthy, but like I, I do see a lot of people's dynasty ranks, and they still have him in the top ten or twelve or whatever. And I think that's kind of crazy at this point. Man, um, I would have agreed like two years ago, but I, I don't know about that now. Yeah, he's going into his fourth year. He hasn't been above like I, I'm not this. I might be wrong about this, but I feel like he hasn't been above RB fifteen at any point in his career. Um, just like at, at season end, I mean. Um, and that's like because of injuries and the Lions not really trusting him with a full workload, blah, blah, blah. Um, but like, it's kind of weird how that guy, and it just, and it really is just because of like, what if, what if he can stay healthy? What if, <laughs> you know? Um, but like, honestly, I think the Lions, I could see them drafting Bijan. Like that's, they, running back is so important, I think, to that offense. You know how hyped Dan Campbell would be to get that Texas running back in there? Oh, Yeah. And That's like, like the identity he would want. He's like, yes, we're going to stuff it him. down their goddamn throats and then launch nukes to mm-hmm. Jameson Williams and cut him up underneath with Amon Ra. Dude, that offense would be a show. Yep. I, I mean, it would be awesome. It would be. And he he should be there at 18. Like, I think I think he's going to be around that pick. Um, like, I think that the Chargers may consider him. Uh, I know that he's been mocked to like Buffalo a lot and Dallas. I don't think he's going to be there that long. I think he's gone before twenty five. Um, there's a lot of teams in that like little range right there that are going to strongly consider him. I think um, it's somebody on Twitter broke it down the other day, and I saw um, Alan Lazard. Right, he's hoping to get fifteen to seventeen million a year, and then you Holy see the shit. Giants. We see the Giants offer Saquon twelve million a year, and <laughs> the guy, like you know, it is it is running back, and like pretty much anyone can do. If you put like Saquon, and you put like obviously Saquon is better than Jamal Williams, but you put him in there, and you get what seventy five, eighty percent of the production that Saquon could give you for a fraction of the price. I mean, they're um, even past. I mean, this is a huge anomaly, and I. This is obviously in jest, but remember when Peyton Hillis was just a fullback and, yeah. and he ran for they like literally ran rights. out of players because everyone yeah. got hurt. And then they're like, shit, we got our guests, our fullback <laughs> is now our starter. And Peyton Hillis just started murdering people. He's like, all right, I yeah. guess he's our starter now. Yep, he was on the fucking Madden cover. and <laughs> Yeah, like, like, I'm, like obviously people know who he is now, but I want people to understand that. He wasn't like this highly recruited he like dude coming out of college yep. that was for the running back. He was in Arkansas, right? Yep. So I mean, I think that you got it's it. They made a good point though because like, all right, Marquez Valdez Scantling, right? He signed a three year, thirty million dollar contract, ten million per year. Saquon only getting two million more than Marquez Valdez Scantling is kind of ridiculous because That's tragic, he is dude. Such a better player. <laughs> So, like, I, I can see, you know, the logic behind it and everything. But, like, but what can like, the running backs even do, though, right? Nothing. 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 Because they they know can't do anything. So, 
Look look at the Chiefs, right? The Chiefs won the Super Bowl this year. Their best running back was Isaiah Pacheco, who they drafted in the seventh round, or Derek McKinnon, who they didn't even really want on the roster. They signed him when the season started. So, like, nobody won. And he was also a seventh-round pick, I'm pretty sure, by the Vikings originally. Um, so, like, you don't need to spend on your running back position. It's not... The Andy Reid literally pays the entire Kansas City, like scouting department and then just gets like an excel spreadsheet then goes to the running back room then sorts it by speed and he's like yep yeah. <laughs> that's that's guy we're drafting uh, andy we don't need to do that till like the seventh round. all right that's fine then. then we don't then don't draft anyone till the seventh round then we can address other positions just draft that guy and that will be our start andy i don't think shut up and do it all right and then they win a super bowl whatever i'm pretty sure that's what they do right yeah probably i mean he there's there's few things i think that teams look at um, when they're scouting like he's the running old backs, Al Davis. Yeah, like when you're, you just want them to fit oh, your the system. New Al Davis, right? sorry. You want them just to fit your system, and that's all you really care about with a running back. Like you, you know, anything else. Like you just want to, you want to be able to like plug and play, and you pick the dude. It doesn't matter whose whose name it is on the on the jersey or anything. You just want to be able to. If Pacheco goes down, can McKinnon fill that role? Yep, that's what we want. Yeah, honestly, the way that the Chiefs are able to put just the ball in playmakers' hands and in open space, it's no secret why they want the speedy guys because there's just so much open space. Andy Reid's like, all right, um, I will scheme it so there's some open space to work with, and all you have to do is just try to hit your top gear as fast as you can and just get as many yards as you possibly have in front of you. So it makes sense why he goes that way, whereas when other teams draft really fast players, I'm like, ah! I don't know if that's going to work out. Whereas if the Chiefs draft anyone really fast, everyone is automatically going to be like, the next Tyreek Hill? Oh my God, what is Andy Reid going to do with Skagit player? What's happening now? And everyone kind of sits up a little bit more. And I feel like a lot of that is because it is the Chiefs, which is kind of crazy because now the Chiefs are almost kind of entering this territory where are they going to be viewed as like how we used to view the Patriots while we were growing up? Or are they not? Because Mahomes is just so much fun to watch. Um. I think so, <laughs> eventually. Like, I feel like because um, of now, this is number two, right? I, I like, mean, I'm not going to Everyone was lie. already all up on Mahomes' uh, ego, and now it's yeah. going to be even more now, and deservedly so. So I feel like the hatred slowly has to develop now. Now, because he has number two? Yeah. At 27? That's, yeah, I feel like it could be, right? I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I like Pat Mahomes. I know that you know I've liked him forever, right? Forever. Um, One of but the biggest truthers I knew. He's he's starting to get on my nerves a little oh bit. Oh my god, it's happening to you. <laughs> Start starting to like I get like my whole life growing up. Like I like the Patriots. I like Tom Brady, um, and I never understood why people hated him as much as they do until um i listened to like a full week of people fucking jerking off to pat mahomes and i was like i'm getting tired of hearing about this uh that was literally brady's entire fuck that's why i hate chris (laughs) collinsworth you're like chris collinsworth is not that bad i'm like dude shut up (laughs) but i guess it's different like i don't know because i guess because like i think if i if tom brady started right now right like that whole career started right now I think I would have probably hated. You mean Tom Brock Brady. Purdy's career, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I, I think I probably would have hated Tom Brady. I, I do. Um, if it started right now, um, instead of when I was like six years old. So um, you think heading into next season, where the Chiefs will obviously most likely be one of the favorites, if not the favorite? Do you yeah. think it's slowly going to change? Because even right now, obviously I'm biased too, because Emily's such a big Kansas City fan, and yeah. I lived in Kansas City for two years. Um, I always had a little bias, but now obviously after losing to them, it's a little bit easier for me to slowly start disliking them. And if that's happening to someone who loves Kansas City, um, I feel like the switch for other people is a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think it'll take probably another another Super Bowl. Like, it's gonna take three. Mahomes I, I gonna have to win three. Well, I think that no, like I don't remember people like despising Tom Brady until like. It was. It took a little while. Like it definitely wasn't after the first one, and the second one they didn't even like the second year Brady was started. I think it's also the style in which they played, right? 
Like, Probably. Brady just doesn't look like he's having fun ever. And Belichick yeah. obviously doesn't look like he's having fun ever. And then, like, so this powerhouse team that's just cold yeah. comes in, wrecks you, and leaves. Whereas yeah. with the Chiefs, you have Andy Reid, who's, like, when it comes to coaches, one of the biggest personalities, right? Yeah. Wears a Hawaiian shirt all the time. I'm pretty sure there's a prop bet. He's going to walk into the Super Bowl with a Hawaiian. Like, that's who he is. And there's always some kind of magic and aura around Mahomes. I, I don't know. I feel like... Because of these distinct differences, even though they are obviously the favorites and they're not a dynasty because you got to win three. Like, isn't a normal dynasty three and three, right? Uh, three and four. Oh, it's three and four. But yeah, yeah, they're obviously not a dynasty because they don't even have three anyway. But regardless, they're going to slowly enter this territory as long as Andy Reid and Mahomes are together, where they're always going to be good because. I mean, the best pass catcher this year was like Juju and Marcus Valdez. Well, outside of Travis Kelsey, of course. But if they're able to prove that, I feel like Kansas City now, in the offseason, they could pretty much be like, all right, which wide receivers do you want to play with Patrick Mahomes? And yeah. you've got to meet our standard because we just won the freaking Super Bowl with these guys. So you play yeah. to our terms now. Yeah, I, I think that they're going to be around for a long time, obviously. Um, Travis Can you Kelsey. see um, pass catchers, uh, free agents specifically, taking pay cuts to go to Kansas City? No, I mean, unless they're like old dudes, like nobody does that in, in any sport. Like in the NBA, like the dudes that are that were like the Miami Heat when they had Wade and uh, LeBron and Chris Bosh. It I was mean, always just like in a weird dudes. way, Juju did it right one year, and it was Sport like a really cheap because, deal. But that was because nobody else wanted him, though. That's true. That's true. He was like, I need choice. a redemption arc, so let me do it with Patty Mahomes. Yeah, like if someone was out there and they were like, Juju, we're going to give you one year 20 million, he would have taken it. <laughs> like, there's no way that he would have been like, yeah, I'm going to take that $3.5 million deal to play with Pat Mahomes instead. Like, they're always going to take the money. That's just how it is. Um, because, I mean, you only have a short time frame where you can get it. Like, once once it's done, it's done. You're not getting it. Yeah, like money. right now, if DK Metcalf was a free agent, and like, you want to take a big pick out to play Kansas City, or do you want the bad? over there yeah. he's gonna be like um you know i like money and i get like after a point you know like if you're offering say kansas city offered dk 50 million and seattle offered him 100 um you're you're not doing bad making 50 million dollars but at the same time are you giving up 50 million dollars probably not <laughs> you gotta be like the guy that has to be pursuing like a second or third contract in that phase yeah, kind of be like Odell now, where like, yeah, exactly. I have better offers, but I'm going to go play over in Kansas City, like that kind of range to kind of take that pick up. But it's really interesting to kind of see because with the uh, New England Patriots, they obviously the way they were able to go around is you know Brady never commanded the craziest contract, so they're always able to kind of play around with it. And Bill was known as being really cold as a GM and making cuts when necessary mm -hmm. to try to have the best roster possible. Well, mm -hmm. Whereas with the Chiefs, it's interesting because Mahomes always has a huge, huge contract, but evidently that's all you really need. Just the Mahomes. Who knew all you need is a Hall of Fame quarterback and a Hall of Fame coach and a Hall of Fame tight end to be good. But all jokes aside, Thank it you. should be interesting <laughs> to see how long they should be able to sustain it because uh, just because of. The fact that Mahomes is only 27, oh my God, they're just going to be so good forever. Yeah, and I think even when Travis Kelsey's gone, like, I, I'm not going to lie, I'll be happy when Travis Kelsey's gone because he is actually really getting on my nerves. Like, the, I, I, the WWE thing now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little, I mean, as an Eagles fan, I, I kind of agree with you, but I feel like it's also because we're a little salty. You think that's why, or are you actually independently getting annoyed? No, I like it. Like the thing last week, like when they or two weeks ago, when the, the, the Cincinnati thing. or whatever, like that was that was cool, like in the moment. But like he keeps keeps doing it. It just feels kind of forced now. <laughs> like it's like, all right, like I know you, you the definitely. Thing, yeah, the thing I was really forced was when he kept screaming. No one thought we can do this kind of thing, right? Like yeah, no one was like, picking yeah. us, and I was like, bro, you're Pat Mahomes. Well, what are you talking one about? One seed, you have the best quarterback in the league. Everyone thought you could do this, buddy. Like, like. I know that there was people picking the Eagles, but they had a better overall roster. Like, that's why they were picking them, not because they didn't think that the Chiefs could win the fucking game. The spread was one and a half points. Like, come on. Yeah, I, I, I feel like they really would have embraced. I mean, I guess that's Andy Reid just doing a really good job of making the team play with a yeah. chip, right? Yeah, making have that underdog mentality when because, like, you got to find any edge you can, I guess. But, I mean, come on. Like, 
he was being a little that's it's too much after a point yeah uh, no i i definitely agree and at some point i'm like at what point is this an act or at what point is like i don't know where the line is but yeah. i am excited to hear the next podcast that they have it's gonna be absolutely brutal <laughs> for me to listen to it but i'm gonna do it um because i hate myself but overall it should be fun but before we kind of put a nice little uh wrap at least on this episode darren i guess just preliminarily we don't have any rankings. We don't know how the offseason is going to go, but I think it's very clear to see with the offseason moves that have already been made. It used to be a tier where Max and I kind of sat happy, but I think it's safe to say, and this is something that we've been, or I've at least been saying for a while, I think Max is clearly in his own tier now. Is that how you view it as well? I kind of see Max tier break me, and then maybe a tier break, and then a handful of people. Um, and... If anything else, I think the tear break between Max and I is more significant than the tear break between myself and others. I would like to. I would love to hear um, your uh, breakdown in that one. Now, in my opinion, I would say there, there's a slight little step down from Max to you, um, but the gap between you guys and the rest of the league, I still think, is big. Um, you're just looking at the, the other rosters, and then you guys are just stars on stars. So. I think that's I don't a gap know. Well, you you got to be happy with that. Max though, because he has the beautiful mix of youth, and like he still has some draft capital, and he has the absolute superstar studs now. So yeah. I feel like it, it. You just can't bet against that. Sometimes I, I like you said that's kind of what you said. Max is definitely had, and then there's a small gap. So that does give me a little bit of a moral victory. But I think of right now, things can definitely change. That's kind of how I view it as well. But I'm really excited to kind of see how many of our players show up on these uh, eventual PDL rankings because there's going to be a little bit of pride there, right? Yeah, probably. (laughs) I mean, if you have the number one person, I feel like we all are going to know who the number one is. I feel like it's just going to be really interesting after like the top three or four to really see how that kind of unravels. Yeah, I think the one that just running back, even like tight end, like after the first, Honestly, the tight ends you could After argue. After Travis Kelsey, it things. should be interesting to see what happens. You you could even argue that Travis Kelsey is not the tight end one. He's not the tight end two. Like because he's Ooh. older. Like I, it's. I think the tight end rankings are going to be weird because they're so, they're none of them are really like great, super great dynasty assets because of age and like Darren Waller. Like Darren Waller hasn't been good in like three years, and he's like thirty. Like where are they going to have him? <laughs> Do you see this master class teasing by Darren by saying, wow, you guys better tune into these episodes because these rankings are going to be pretty dope. (laughs) But with that being said, guys, thanks for sticking around. Definitely keep an eye out for those rankings. I'll probably drop them right after this uh, episode drops or whenever I'm awake to be able to do so. But other than that, you know, just make sure check in on all the Eagle bros because uh, we're all struggling right now. But overall, still a good season, but... At the end of the day, we should see what happens. But thanks for hanging out, guys. Thank you for tuning in to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed your meal. We'll catch you next time.